What's up, Slick Talkers? I want to promote a quick little thing that we're doing at Good Morning Hospitality called Good Morning Retreats. This is our first ever retreat, and we are hosting a hospitality training retreat at the Horst Schultz Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. Now, this is going to be July 8th through the 10th, and it's for operators only. So if you're a property manager and you want to actually dive into the inner workings of providing hospitality and not just the operations of your business, then this is what you need to do and sign up for. So go to goodmorningretreats.com in order to get into an intimate setting with other operators just like you. If you go to the website, you'll see the published agenda and other things around the whole retreat. We're excited to host you. And if you're going to the retreat already and you've already confirmed your spot, we can't wait to show you what we have up our sleeves for this event. Now, let's move on to the episode. Thanks for tuning in. And like always, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. What's up, guys? Thanks again for tuning into Slick Talk. This is Joe from PBT. If you want to check out our music, feel free to search Perfect by Tomorrow on Spotify and iTunes and all other major music streaming platforms. We have a new album in the works. Hopefully, it will be released in early June. Uh, we're excited to share new music with you guys. We've been working really hard at it. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Hey everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, or sleeping in on Slick Talk as we've recently changed the name. I'm super glad to be here. Thank you guys so much for listening to my episodes and to finally joining me in Season 2. I'm really glad to um, be able to provide this content and um, also give you guys updated news on what I got going on here in Open Road Hospitality and sleeping in on Slick Talk. Pretty excited for this episode because it's finally something I get to kind of share some of my expertise that I've learned in the last few years, um, especially when it comes to revenue and to, you know, analytics side. Um, so this episode is called Resort Fees and Downturn. And as many of you guys know, you, you know, 2008, uh, we suffered a major downturn in the economic uh, side of things, as well as hotel industry. Um, so many hotels went bankrupt and went out of business uh, because, you know, people aren't making money, they're not spending money, and when they're not spending money, they're not traveling. Uh, that means they're not eating out. That means they're not, you know, renting cars or doing anything that has anything to do with uh, travel, hospitality, and hotels. So restaurants suffered, many hotel properties suffered, and, um, you know, rent-a-cars, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we're going to kind of dive into that and also how, you know, resort fees kind of fluctuate with area and, you know, region as well as property type, uh, whether it's a resort, uh, a minimal, you know, service, all that kind of stuff and what, what we kind of expect with resort fees. And also a good tool if you're a traveler listening today, I got a good tool for you to check out what hotels and properties or you know anything in the area that you plan on traveling has a resort fee with. So thank you guys again for joining me and I really hope um, you get some good quality content uh, from this. So let's kind of dive into uh, resort fees here real quick. Um, a resort fee um, 
you know, owners and managers uh, doing business in resort destinations have long fought for and against um, the much, you know, I guess uh, hated term, not like term resort fee. Um, so this surcharge uh, to to the booked rate is uh, is justified with added amenities and services that come with a resort. Um, examples for some resort amenities can be pools uh, or, you know, multiple pools, golf courses, tennis courses, spa access, gym access, um, anything that's kind of customized to that property. Uh, I know I worked at a property where they had a daily destination fee, which um, is a fancy way of covering up resort fee, but it's a $10 a day fee. Um, where you got complimentary Wi-Fi, it came with uh, the coffee in the room, the access to the gym, well, 24 access to the gym, um, the town car service downtown, the complimentary bike rentals if you wanted to ride a bike. And it, it included those types of amenities. It wasn't really a resort. It was more of a business hotel. So covering it up, they did daily destination uh, fee so guests had to pay, unless they were a platinum or gold member with Marriott, they had to pay $10 a day extra on top of their rate. So if you're at a you know small resort, sure, if your rates are super low, might as well add a $10 uh, you know, resort fee that includes some of your amenities if you have complimentary breakfast or all that, that kind of stuff. But um, man, this is what I love and what I hate about it. The reason why I love it is because you know, you can only get, you know, so much revenue um, per year. You know, there's a term called rev par in the industry as uh, revenue per available uh, room. And so, you know, you can only get so much of that every year. Um, you can only raise your rates so much every year. You know, the market is constantly changing and, you know, so many things and variables go into your rate and how that um, really can fluctuate. Um, but, what I like about the resort fee is that it gives an extra, you know, um, amount of revenue that the owner and resort or property can make. So not only is there, you know, I think it's shoot probably millions of dollars where, um, yeah, it's added millions of dollars in profit uh, with nearly all of it flowing uh, to the profit line as the only cost is, uh, you know, credit card commissions from it. That's about it. You're gaining so much, at least uh, not maybe not millions of dollars at one property, but let's say, let's, let's look at the great Pacific Northwest region itself. If every property from, I would say a courtyard scale or like, you know, a best Western uh, holiday Inn type hotel, nothing below. So no like motel sixes and uh, motel eights or whatever, super eights you call them. Uh, Shiloh ends. I don't, no, no, thank you. They they don't deserve a resort fee, in my opinion. But so let's look at the Great PNW area in a in aspect of you know courtyard, low scale, you know Marriott to you know Holiday Inn and that kind of stuff. Best Western. If they start applying a ten dollar, it doesn't even have to be a day. It could be a ten dollar resort fee uh, for anybody that's not a first time or for anybody that is a first time guest at the hotel. So if you stay there multiple times or you're a rewards member, you are no longer uh, uh, mandatory to pay this fee. But if you're a first-time visitor, first-time guest, you have to pay this $10 resort fee. In the area itself, that would generate millions of dollars you know, for, for room revenue because 
like I said, we can only raise the rates so much, you know, there's so many events and, you know, weather and travel and all sorts of things that we can do to, you know, get people to travel to our area and specifically our property. But then you add that $10 resort fee or destination fee, whatever you want to call it. That adds just another amount of good extra revenue that you can play with in the future. And this is going to tie into downturn as well, because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, preventing downturn, what a property can do. Um, There's a lot of, you know, legal, not legal, but, you know, you got taxes and stuff that you got to think about. Um, So not only are guests paying, uh, you know, sales tax if they're in a certain state. Um, I don't think Oregon, yeah, Oregon does not have sales tax on hotels, but we do have city and state lodging taxes just like everybody else that the guest has to pay. So now if they're paying a $10 daily destination fee or a $10 one-time fee, that's also, I believe, depending on where you're at, has to be taxed. So now if I'm a guest and I don't travel as much or I, you know, really am wanting to travel and provide a good experience for my family, whatever it may be. And I have not only a high room rate or, you know, uh, out of my comfort zone room rate and then a $10 daily destination fee or a $10 resort fee with X, those, uh, taxes of lodging and state uh, city taxes, as well as the resort fee taxes, man, that's going to add up. That adds up quick and uh, it becomes, a uh, dissatisfactionary factor for your guest survey scores. So you really got to think about, I, I think the, the conversation is really focused on, are you going to think about the, the guest satisfaction scores? Or are you going to think about revenue? What's going to be more important and bottom line for me, at least in the industry is, you know, guest satisfaction while also maintaining a healthy balance of revenue and growth. So if you're able to find that balance, I've, I find that, you know, if you do a not daily resort fee, a just one-time resort fee that covers those amenities, um, then yeah, that's a smart move. And, you know, most guests don't bat an eye. Um, Some will fight it, but you just got to market it clearly when they're booking, uh, when they send the confirmation letter, when they come to the resort, when they book over the phone, all that kind of stuff at check-in. There's many ways you can mention it. So that's my kind of first uh, overall opinion and on resort fees is a great way to cr- increase room revenue, which is awesome because as I'm going to you know dive in, we, we had a, a significant downturn um, with you know travel and a lot of properties going out of business because of this economic downturn. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a tip insider um, with this because I believe there's a way, a few ways we can, um, prepare for a downturn uh, as an industry standpoint, as an industry leader or an owner or manager. There's ways we can get ourselves ready, and so you know the conversations. Is it near? Are we there yet? Has the cycle finally come to its conclusion of a economic boost and unemployment uh, rates super low and people traveling more and room revenue is increasing? Like, is this finally coming down to its conclusion? Is this gonna Uh, eventually fade away coming up in 2019. My personal opinion, um, I'm not a certified analytic yet. I'm in the works of it, but I think 2019 is going to be strong. I think we're, we know we saw a good, I think it was a 2.4 increase um, uh, in revenue and occupancy and travel uh, overall 
this year in 2018. Uh, so I think we're going to see, in my opinion, uh, most professional analytics are uh, saying we're going to see another uh, 2.1. I'm saying about a 1.8 for 2019, unless, you know, um, you know, like I said, these are always major guesses and numbers out there, but there's so many factors that can change into, you know, cancellations and weather and emergencies and all sorts of travel plans going askew, and especially with cities and all the variables that, you know, imply into travel. I don't think um, we'll see as big of an increase like we did, but I definitely do believe we will see a increase in occupancy and rev par um, or ADR either way, either way. Um, but, you know, the length of this current cycle, uh, coupled with a you know a weak November and perhaps most importantly the roller coaster ride that uh, the stock market has been on, um, seems to have uh, everyone wondering uh, if this is it. If uh, you know the fact is, no one knows for sure, and I don't have a crystal ball, uh, and so I don't know exactly, but. For owners and asset managers, um, it doesn't matter. We know that it's going to eventually happen, and we, uh, we you got to have a plan for it. So to answer the question, is this it? I don't know, and I really can't tell you uh, that I care. Like, I do care, obviously, because I'm in the industry, but I don't know. And, uh, and so just be prepared and you know there's going to be some things that you can do to eventually better off uh sustain yourself in the long run um so exactly you know no one knows exactly when the next downturn will land uh, we've had a good long run and the odds are that it's coming sooner rather than later obviously you know everyone it's about every 10 years um tony robbins and gary v and all these big um you know manager um, fund management, you know, people, business guys, we all know that it's going to happen, but I, I definitely agree with the, you know, the statement that is going to happen sooner than later. Um, some markets may already be in a downturn. Um, you know, I don't know, asset managers and owners and operators are, you know, always looking for the next downturn, uh, you know, carefully analyzing different indicators such as booking uh, pace, inquiries, booking velocity, and recent performance, and all these kind of things. Um, but you know, it's it's going to happen, and we're we're seeing that, and possibly going to see it sooner than later. Um, so, asset managers really need to think about you know, broad you know, think broadly about the changes or the challenges they face and how uh, those challenges morph into the face of economic change. So really some examples of ways to maximize preparation for a downturn can include, you know, as part of the budget uh, discussion every year, let's make decisions uh, or make time to discuss. Yeah. For the budget time every year, you know, let's make time to discuss uh, potential reactions to the various downturn scenarios what will get cut and when is a really good example. You know, there's many ways we can cut back on labor and costs and everything like that to avoid, um, you know, overspending for when a downturn does occur. Um, working with operators on ongoing basis uh, to keep staffing levels under control in order to avoid layoffs in the event of a downturn. Now, this is key. You can really 
if you have set up a good system for your hotel and your property in certain areas with your metrics, you can definitely make sure that you are not going to lose control on your labor costs. Because I know there's like people, staff members have their own way of doing things, but really setting that term, that policy and procedure as an owner or a manager, you really just got to be firm, lay it down. This is how we're going to do it. This is how it's done. This is why. You don't even need to give the why to most um, staff members or associates, but giving the why, explaining, you know, this is a business. We do have money that comes in and goes out, and we really got to control on how we're spending that time and money wisely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Grouping up, uh, you know, be more aggressive in a group pricing to lock in future business. Now, this is pretty key because. Your property may be able to do only so much in rev par, but your group sales is really key. Um, you know, there's only so many nights a year that people can book. There's only so many conferences and conventions and meetings and all sorts of uh, reasons for people to come to town. So being on top of your group booking is really, really good, especially when you're being really aggressive and um, I would say... Yeah, just pretty much being aggressive with your your rates, your group rates, and being able to offer more um, and really outdoing the competition really can do a lot. Um, so another one you can do is maintain strong relationships with top corporate uh, demand generators to keep them from abandoning you in your time of need. And really, that's just kind of, you know, doing good on your third-party bookings and everything like that. Um Ensure the guest satisfaction and online reviews remain strong going into the downturn to minimize the impact of potential rate wars, which is, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes with Adam Knight, uh, who's the owner of Proven Principles. You know, he and I have talked about the guest satisfactions and how employees are looking at their future employers at reviews online, how future guests who are going to be staying with you and um, or in the area, they're looking at everybody's reviews and who offers the most and how happy others have been. I've had guests comment on a TripAdvisor uh, review that we had at a property. They commented on this one and made a joke about it and how rude they were and the, all the other reviews were great. Like people do read this and they will mention it to you. Don't be surprised. So, you know, this uh, keeping during the downturn aspect, keeping your reviews high, which is keeping your staff engaged and motivated to get those good reviews um, during this time is key because then that's when every revenue meeting you go to, you're going to be in a rate war with a guy right next door and they got the better, to, better reviews. They can have the higher rate. People are going to book it and you're going to be, you're going to be hurting. Um, so you can also have a long-term capital plan and evaluate the potential impact of a downturn with ownership, um, particularly uh, from a cash planning perspective. Um, and another one in some cases, uh, particularly over property at properties with uh, very high fixed costs, uh, outline and prioritize cost cutting and measures tied to decline or declines in revenue. So. You know, these aren't new ways of preventing downturn, but like I said, if you implement a, a good, you know, destination fee program or resort fee where you can increase that revenue, start building up that cash flow, 
getting those guest satisfaction scores and maintaining a good group booking um, for future, you know, months and maybe years in advance. If you have a group in house, try to book them for next year automatically right away. That's guaranteed. Uh, not guaranteed. You know, there's always cancellations every now and then. Um, we can't control that, but there are ways for that potential um, revenue of income to come in in the future to prevent uh, from your property from going under during a downturn. So thank you guys again for listening to this and listening to me rant about, you know, revenue and, you know, analytics and predictions of the future. Uh, I really appreciate everybody who's listening. And if you've listened before, please like, subscribe, share, you know, hit me up on, you know, opinions on the podcast as well as uh, everything else going on with Slick Talk. So if you have uh, or have not already gone to my website, you can visit my website and check out everything on there, uh, everything up to date uh, with the industry and the the episodes coming up. Um, I also try to send out newsletters, so stay tuned and subscribe to that. Um, let's see here. Yeah, go to slicktalkthepodcast.com and you can see current episodes, upcoming episodes, and you can also submit your inquiry for an episode idea or even joining me on a podcast. So I would love to hear your thoughts. You can also message me uh, through the website as well, letting me know what you thought. Let's have a discussion. Let's talk opinions. Let's talk predictions. Let's talk analytics. Let's talk revenue. Let's talk property, whatever you want. Um, I'm going to try to do another uh, hospitality spotlight feature up next, uh, coming up in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Uh, submit a, uh, you know, submit a, uh, a a hotel that you think or a property that you think is good for a hospitality spotlight program. All right, guys. Thank you very much. And follow up uh, on SlickTalkThePodcast.com or all social media platforms. You can find out what's coming up next and uh, you know catch up on everything you missed. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.